Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Yo, yo, peace, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm out here in Culver City. I had a late lunch, so I'm posted up out here, man. Hope you don't mind. Nah, man, you good. I'm glad to see you, man. Like a, a lot of people um, on Twitter wanted me to ask if you was locked up for scamming. <laughs> <laughs> man, they got to come back on Thursday, man. They got to come back on Thursday to find out. You know what I mean? Like that's a uh, they got that. I think how they say this is uh, they got that embargo. <laughs> so they got that on some uh, you know, they come back on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. They gonna see. <laughs> all right, man. So um, for this, we just gonna talk about rap shit, sneakers, and um, some hoop. All right. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> So I'm gonna do a quick intro and then we, then we could just jump right into it. All right. Uh, my Wi-Fi is because every time I, I have to do something constructive, my Wi-Fi want to act up. So. Yeah, that's how it is, man. That's how it is. This technology, <laughs> this technology that they be busting us over the head with, financially speaking, on a monthly basis, come short when you need it. Word, man. All right. <clears throat> what up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have one of the hottest actors in the game right now. You you can currently find him on HBO's Rap Shit. My guy, Daniel Augustine. What's what's going on? Man, I'm here, man. I'm good, blessed. Just had a really great lunch with uh, one of the writers from the show. Um, man, I'm just I'm honored to be here, man. Honored to be here with you, man. And um, you know, thank you for having me, man. Man, I hope I hope you didn't use that credit card to pay for the lunch, man. <laughs> you talking about the credit card from the show? Yeah. I wish they'd have gave me that credit card so I could <laughs> use it. That's what I wish could have happened. But it's all good. I'm gonna write this off. That was a that was a that was a work lunch. <laughs> so how so how does it feel to be on on one of the hottest shows around right now? Honestly. It's very surreal. Um, it feels surreal, but at the same time, it feels like what you want to have happen. Uh, studied Issa Rae for years now. It's 2022. I've been studying her since. I've been studying her for a decade. And to have now found myself here in Los Angeles and to be working with her, to be working alongside what she's doing with her team, um, I don't even want to use the word luck because sometimes I feel like luck devalues the hard work that it takes to put in. But sometimes when you're working hard, you do get lucky along the way. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I know other Haitians here in LA. I know Haitians in South Florida. I know Haitians in Atlanta. So to be the person who was selected to be here and to, to, to have this role, to be a part of this team, 
I'm blessed. I'm blessed, honestly, beyond measure. And I'm still trying my best to find a way to sum that up within two sentences, but it ain't been easy to do that. You know, when did you get that feeling that, you know, you book rap shit? Like, did you get that feeling that you made it? Like, like you made it, you good? Did you get that feeling? Nah, the made it, you good feeling, honestly, man, that's something that is a battle to deal with because you made it, you good is like something that I feel like I got to take up in therapy before I just start quoting those words and saying that because in some ways you made it you good can 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 bring forth sloth behavior and you know what i'm saying a little bit of chilling or a little bit of the idea that like you know i don't have to do what i've been doing like i feel like at this stage now i have to now do more to be 100 honest i feel like you know everything that i have been doing has helped me get to this stage but now it's time for me to be able to dig deeper find ways that I can improve, look at the stat sheet, look to see, okay, we got the W tonight, but I shot 30% from the field over here. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm at that stage right now. You know, I'm still diving in and doing homework and trying to see what it is that I can do to help this team, to help this show, and, you know, to help myself. And, you know, it's a lot. It's still a lot of work, honestly. So I haven't really, like, had that moment. I'm just like, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have moments where I kind of want to think like that, but I rectify it real quick, to be honest. Yeah, man, I kind of understand you because once you get that, like, I made it feeling, you get, like, complacent. And, and, yeah. then, and then, like, other people start to, you know, sort of pass pass you up. Yeah. And, Facts. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, you was on um, how, I, how I Met Your Mother and Rap Shit, like, kind of yeah. at the same time, you know? So, like, what was it like like booking like two major roles, like kind of, well, basically at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was at the same time. Um, it was, I booked rap shit, I would say about two weeks before How I Met Your Father and I ended up working on both shows um, 2021 between August and December. Um, <clears throat> as for how it was, it was overwhelming, to be honest. It was overwhelming, but it's something that I feel like because I did it because it happened and because I did it with an open mind. I feel like it's something that I was able to grow from. I was able to learn from it. Um, it was absolutely, it's, 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 it almost goes beyond words, man. Working with this crew over here and these people are so polished in doing what they do. This crew over here, these people are so polished in doing what they do, but understanding that in both scenarios, I got to come in and basically play the role of like, you know, the sniper or the, 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 the sixth man. I got to come on in and be able to get my minutes when it's time for me to get my minutes. But at the same time, when I do get in the game, I need to bring value in there. I need the ball. I need to put up some numbers. I need to get the flow moving. I need to make sure I'm passing the rock, making plays on defense. It feels a lot like being on both shows at the same time felt a lot like being a sixth man or like an all-time quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I remember being an all-time quarterback sometimes playing back in the day. That's how it felt to me, man, you know? Uh -huh. So the story changes when you go over here and I'm shooting at Paramount. The story changes. We're shooting this story. But now when we fly back out and I'm in Miami, we're shooting this story. It definitely took some, you know, time to meditate and to refocus and, you know, reshift what it is that I'm thinking about as far as what it is I'm bringing to the set this day because, you know, this is a different story than the other one. And the other one is a different technique. Not only is it a, di a different story, but a different technique. Um, so it's a lot to deal with, honestly. It's a lot to deal with, but it's a challenge that served as a blessing and, and, and the type of opportunity that when I look back on five years from now, I'm gonna be even more thankful that it happened. So it was a lot to deal with. It was definitely hard to deal with, but I'm grateful that while dealing with both, I wasn't in the position to be like number one on the call sheet on either of the shows on both shows there was definitely a handful on both shows but i'm grateful that on both shows i was close to up there but at the same time not the lead of the show so it gave me a chance to learn and and and, and pay attention to everything and pay attention to you know where is my place to be at how can i fill in and do my role and when they do throw me more when they do ask me to do more when they are giving me more minutes how can i come in and be productive 
I was able to take in and learn a lot of the things that I felt is very important that sometimes people don't consider because sometimes people do only think about being the star. But to be on both shows at the same time was a challenge. You know, you know, you know I kind of hope Russell Westbrook takes that into consideration, but that's for later. <laughs> man, I got a lot I could say about that. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I got a lot I could say about that. I kind of wish I was coaching, to be quite honest. I wish I was coaching or I had some kind of involvement where I was around the players and I could talk to the players about team first mindset and you know what I mean? And get into a place where we could really create flow on the court, really create flow, like beyond the numbers, beyond the contracts, beyond the jersey sales, beyond the jersey numbers, beyond the name on the jersey, flow on the court. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot I could say about that. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right, so like um, Issa Rae, like she'll be forever linked to Insecure for me. Um, you know, when Rap Shit first got announced, like was it hard to, well, what, like was it hard to like kind of break out of Insecure's shadow and for Rap Shit to have his own identity? Well, I do think Rap Shit's identity is still forming, but it wasn't hard for me to see her outside of Insecure because in this industry, you get to realizing like real quick, like you may be on a show right now, but that show may not last. And Insecure fortunately did last, but after it's done, it's either what do you got next or okay, you ain't got nothing right now. Got you, cool, we gonna go over here. So the fact that she was already ready to roll meant that she's ready. Now it's really just a matter of everybody else trying to get on board because everybody else who was watching Insecure, it's hard for them to sometimes, you know, flip the switch and say, okay, let me go watch this other piece from the same person. Just like House of Dragons and uh, uh, Game of Thrones, you know what I mean? You got some very committed fans to Game of Thrones, but let's be real, even Game of Thrones didn't have everybody watching. Those views actually went up season two, season three, season four people were finding out about it. So I do think it's a process. I will say that I think the way that Issa did the rollout, I think it's going to be a lot easier for people to be involved with this than they were in Secure because I think she's only getting better. And when I say that, I've said that a few times now, but when I say that, I mean that in a way from, it's not just, I'm not just talking about writing. She's getting better as a producer. She's getting better as an entrepreneur. As, as a marketer, she's getting better in so many different ways. So she's gonna be so good at what she's doing today and then tomorrow she's gonna be better at it that she's, she's already got ideas and things in place in my opinion that is gonna help people be able to say, okay, so rap shit, that's what we are now? Okay, got it, we good, you know? But I do think it takes time at the same time, you know? I think there's always a process, you know? You know, and um, I like that, that she puts, you know, like black people of all different colors, shades, shapes, and sizes on her shows. Like, what do you think that means oh, yeah. to the culture? Because like a lot of shows, you know, like all the black people, they look alike, especially the women. You know, yeah, tall, well, tall, light skin, straight hair. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that might be the best on this show is like how they went about picking people. I feel like what that means is you are now depicting a more real portrayal of life like reality though you know what i'm saying because everybody friend don't just be looking like you know what i'm saying your homeboys don't just look like michael b jordan you know what i'm saying your homegirls your homegirls don't just look like hallie you know what i'm saying them just say the people that you just be hanging out with you know you're gonna hang out with regular degular so and so you know what i mean so when you watch a show and you can kind of see somebody that's not always just the that person it helps it definitely helps you know what i mean and honestly man I know that Issa went above and beyond with it because the majority of the actors that she chose, they don't have as many credits as you normally see. So really what that suggests is that she wasn't doing this in any political reach or way that it was like totally about, oh, let me make sure I get this person because they are so famous. She was doing it in a way where she was trying to put the right person in the right position. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the way she's done it has just been like, that's, it, it's, it speaks on how good of a GM she is. She's a really good GM. Issa, HBO Max in general, but Issa, I'm giving her my main props. Issa and Sarita Singleton, they're getting my main props. Really good GMs. They're on some, they're on some warriors. 
warriors type shit right now. You know, I saw that the City Girls are um, co-executive producers on the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, did they have a say on on the music that's like featured on the show? Because if you listen to it, it kind of sounds like their style of music. Oh, well, you know, I think they inspired the story ultimately, but honestly, man, that's above my pay grade. Like, that's that conversation right there is a conversation that maybe Issa had with them. And, you know, they told her this, that, and the third. But the way I see it, I see Issa as the person who, Issa and Sarita, as the people who are making the final decisions on what is ultimately being put on the screen, even the director. They get a say, but ultimately Issa and Sarita are going to be there at the end to say yay or nay. So, um, I mean, maybe, maybe they had a say in the sense where, you know, they sent particular songs or they talked about their story in a particular way. But how do you not trust somebody like Issa Rae after Insecure was able to do five seasons in a landscape where shows don't even be doing five seasons? And it was able to do it the way that her show was able to do it, you know. Facts, man, because like after the fifth season, that's when like shows you usually get um, cut. I mean, before the fifth season, some shows don't make it to five. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. I mean, look at look at look at LeBron. How many he got? Four. He got four, right? Yeah, he got everybody. Four. Everybody just ain't at six. Six is not a number you just get at. You know what I'm saying? So like, even even when it pertains to hooping, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same. And when it comes to TV, it's even harsher, man. On TV, man, some of these shows don't make it past the first season. You make it past the first season, now you're trying to run it back in the second season, then you're trying to catch magic in the bottle. Were you able to re-sign everybody? Because if you weren't able to re-sign everybody, now the chemistry didn't change. Okay, now you got a couple of new writers in the room. Oh, damn, what does that mean now? That Does that change the writing? It's just like it changes the play calling. You know, in a lot of ways, I find these two things to be similar. So for me, while I'm doing this, while I'm in acting, filmmaking, I do look at this a lot, like how my coaches would look at look at film and break down film when I was playing ball. Like that's part of what really helps me understand this in a way where I could kind of dissect it a little bit different, like a little bit more past my emotions, you know? You know, so what type of character art can we expect from Maurice in um, future seasons? And I know we still, ah. if he's locked up or or not because that's what the people want to know <laughs> character arc wise man again i'm not gonna lie it's above my pay grade i'll tell you what i think what i hope what i hope is to ultimately be on the show i just hope to continue to be on the show because i want to continue to work with these writers i want to continue building relationships with these writers and i want to continue working as this character i want to continue telling this story if i was to put out a story out there I, I just hope that I just hope that he's safe, like alive. I hope him and Shauna remain friends. And I hope he remains in the story. That's all I could even say. But like, besides that, I don't even know what they could possibly do. I had a, there was a party out here one day and I ran into one of the writers and they were like, you know, they said something to me about the character and it just made me feel nervous because it's just like, damn, like, they could do anything that they want to do with this character. And I really, you know, luckily I ultimately have nothing but the utmost respect for them and, and, and what they do their cre- you know, for them creatively. You know, so I expect that they're going to do something that's going to be very intriguing. But I just hope the nigga is at the show, to be 100% honest with you. I'm just going to keep it real with you. <laughs> you know, um, after... After um, Maurice was at Walmart, I guess buying that PS Five and and Xbox and Xbox. You got Xbox in there. <laughs> and the other stuff. Um, I noticed that you cop some Travis Scotts um, on there. Like, what type of sneakers do you <laughs> rock on the show? Like, because I don't think I ever noticed. Uh, yeah. Kick so on the who's rocking? You know they don't do a lot of wide shots. You know, honestly, Maurice is the freshest character on the whole show, in my opinion um shoes wise i had an episode where i had some yeezys um they actually let me wear my shoes one episode um the shoes that i had on when they let me wear them were my if i'm not mistaken my paul george uh i got like a pair of paul george uh i don't remember the name of the shoe it's like 
Uh, it's like purple and you got like a purple and pink or fuchsia pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had Yeezys one episode. I had some Paul Georges. I had some, I think I had some Vans. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? Ooh. Damn, I should have I should have had a list for this. I should have had a list. I should have pulled a list. Um these are the top that are coming up to mind. But honestly, Maurice is like the freshest character on the show. Let me think. Can I, can I think of any other pair? He should be. I mean, like he's scamming, so like I don't see <laughs> right, right. <laughs> freshest pair, freshest character on the show. Um he ain't never worn no Air Max. I wear Air Max regularly. Um, Aldo is a brand that you might catch on Maurice, that you might, might catch on Maurice. Um, but again, like I said, this cat is so fly, man. Like, honestly, I probably could go through my phone and I might find some of the brands right now. Right now I'm wearing some Aldos, some real chill Aldos. And he'll wear some stuff like this on occasion, you know, like, He's just a very like if he's if he's going to work, you know he's upscale, in a suit and everything. You know what I'm saying? If he's chilling, all right, then he's gonna have some beach attire. You know what I mean? And you know what I'm saying a lot more lax, a lot more chill with it. Um, I think the episode where I wore the Yeezys was episode four, if I'm not mistaken, when he was in the club. I think, I think, I think I had Yeezys in that episode. You know, um, what's in your sneaker rotation right now? But right now, those Paul Georges are still in my rotation because um, I love to hoop with them and I love to go out with them regularly. Honestly, like they're very comfortable. Um, my favorite, th- that's my favorite pair of shoes to hoop in. Um, so I'm, sh- I'm hooping in some Paul Georges right now and I've been hooping in some Kyrie's. Uh, what number is it? It's all white. It's an all white pair of Kyrie's. Um, so I'm hooping in Kyrie's, hooping in Paul Georges. Right now, the Paul Georges are more comfortable. The Kyrie's feel more um, futuristic, a little bit more protective of my ankle. Um, aside from that, I got some like cross-training Nike shoes that I keep on just for like you know my running and gunning stuff, you know, uh, my my daily workouts and whatnot. But um, for the most part, Paul Georges. I wish I had them on my feet right now. These were the ones I really wanted to step out in. But my Paul Georges and uh, and my Kyrie's. I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of put my Kyrie's up on the on the shelf right now though, because I, I hurt my toe in those. So I <laughs> I haven't been uh I haven't really been pushing in those lately. But the Paul Georges, I've been I've been I've been pushing in that. And, you know, I, you know, I've been in Miami the whole summer and um like oh, I've wow. been, like New Balances like the whole summer. Mm. I had a pair of New Balance. You know, it's crazy. I had a pair of New Balance cleats. Cleats. So weird. But at 20, it's a while back. I had a pair of New Balance cleats back in the day when I was playing football. That actually was my favorite pair of cleats at the time. You know, and I had ran through the whole Nike room of cleats, too. When I found these pair of cleats, I don't know. There was like a gem, just a gem. But um, you're talking New Balance. We talking, we talking Kawhi's? Nah, like the like the nine fifties and the five whatever is like I can't remember okay. all the names, but yo, they real heat, man. Got you, got you, got you, got you. And you know what I did? I brought the beef and broccoli joints, and then um, I brought a separate off white tag and put the off white tag on there. Okay, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Dudes and dudes was looking at me like, dude. Is that fake? What are you wearing? I'm like, nah, right, it's not right. Fake. Right. <laughs> what you wearing? Where you got that at? Or where you got those though? <laughs> yeah, I just like to mix mines up. So facts. Facts. Hey man, so um Noah just mentioned Miami and like the show is based out in Miami. Um, like to you, like what are the best Miami strip clubs? that you've been to because you know well because like like my two favorites is tootsies and um g5 in north miami well okay go ahead you were saying something yeah tootsies and g5 in north miami yeah 
Okay. Mine is Tootsie's. I don't know if they still do King of Diamonds. Man, I it used know. to be it used to be KOD. So I'm just gonna say KOD right now because I did go to the office most recently for the rap shit rap party. We went to the office, but KOD was always a memory. So if they're gone, I don't even know. If they're gone, if they ain't doing it no more. I remember driving by KOD one time when I was back in Miami, and it didn't really look like it was just up and running like that. But if they are done, then this is just a shout out to all the work that they did in the past years. Um, But Tootsie's, I remember I went to Tootsie's. I don't remember the year, but went over there, got some fire-ass wings, chilled for a bit, posted up, you know. And anytime I was at the strip club, I really more so was like on some, you know, I'm vibing. I'm here to watch the game. I might get into some of the activities, but you know what I'm saying? I'm here to vibe. I'm here to get this food. I'm here for dinner type shit, you know. So Tootsie's was a vibe for me. Tootsie's had some of the best food and so much space at Tootsie's that you kind of not really so crowded. It's not really just about the strippers. You can kind of post up and find you a spot. So I'm going to say Tootsie's and I'm going to say King of Diamonds for both reasons. Yeah, and um, at Tootsie's, if you want to watch the game, they just leave you be too. Like, Facts. they don't bother you. So that's why I like Facts. it. Too. Facts. Agreed. Agreed. Big ass parking lot. Big ass parking lot. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. You know, what's your favorite, um, what's your best Tootsie story or King of Diamonds stories that you can share? All right, well, best story I got, King of Diamonds. Um, I remember one time going in there with my boy. Um, he had just got to the NFL. And I remember this was like my first time in a strip club. And he was like, yo, he gave everybody $200 to throw. And I remember I ain't throw none of it. None of it. I was at the club like, bro, you got me fucked up. I'm definitely using this money later on some other shit. I spent like $30 just to get like, you know, some food or whatever. And I was just one of the dudes in the club, just chilling, hanging out, everybody else doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? But just some silly shit, you know what I'm saying? Just on some silly young nigga shit. Just when I was young, I just remember just being there, not really understanding the whole, you know what I'm saying? You know, pole hustle, pole life or whatever. You know, I was just there because, you know, I was there with my boys, but. I just remember leaving the club that night with that money and just being like, I just came to the strip club without money and I left the strip club with money. Where does that happen? <laughs> so that was just some childish shit. But that's literally one of my best clean stories that I can say on the podcast without Amen. shaming my family name. <laughs> I feel you on that one. We all got stories like that. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, I ain't trying to do it to my family name, my my dad's name. I don't want him, you know, saying his grave screaming out because of the stuff that I said on here about some of my some of my ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, I'm fucking around. Yo, have you ever? Um, I remember one time I saw James Harden, and um, I forgot what club oh, it was. Shit, it was in it was in Miami though. I just can't remember what. What club was <laughs> And then like the next I day, and then like the next day they got blown out by the heat. This was when he was on the Rockets. And then they got blown out by 40. Okay. The next day. I hear about James at the club all the time. So that's funny to hear that he was there and then the next night they lose by 40. Yeah. <laughs> like that Miami will will do it to you every time. That's- Trust me. Trust me. I hear a lot about that. <laughs> All right. So while we're on James Harden, man, we got to talk about the NBA, man. Like, um, I know we were talking about Russ earlier. Like, do you think he's still going to be a Laker by the time this airs? Or you think um, he's going to be somewhere else? When is this airing? It should be within the next month. Oh, okay. Well, I could have answered. Okay. All right. Well, I still got to wait. I, still, I am embargoed. So I got to be careful about Barry. Um, Do I think he's going to be a Laker in the next month? Yeah. Bro, if I'm the GM, 
not. I like Rust, though. I think he should come off the bench. I don't think he's a starter, though. Right, but that's the kind of thing where you got to be the coach to express that message, and you got to be able to express it in a way where you can get him to agree and to do it well, to do it like he actually understands that that's what he's got to do. But people don't just do that. Like, Carmelo had to take a whole hiatus so he can come back in a way where it was like, all right, you understand this new role? And it would be kind of like that for Russell. I think Carmelo is different because he's at least not aggressive with the way he communicates with people. So for Russell, you got to have that conversation with him and deal with possible aggression. So as far as the Lakers moving him, I want to say, yeah, especially since, didn't they just bring in um, somebody that he's beefing with? Yeah, Patrick Beverly. Like, I want him to stay on the Lakers. Patrick Patrick could come off the bench, but I don't know. You bring in Patrick in there and you still got Russell there. I feel like Russell might get moved by All-Star. By All-Star. I would hope. I would hope just for the sake of the team finding a flow. I, I have enjoyed watching Russell play. Let's just be clear. I've enjoyed watching him play. But just because somebody could ball don't mean they ball on every team. There's a such thing as chemistry and certain elements don't fit into certain cups with other elements, point blank, period. And that's just, it's not that beaker, the stuff that's in that beaker, the elements in that beaker, it's not fitting. Shit, shit popping out the shit popping out the beaker. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, it's not bubbling the way it's supposed to. It's bubbling a little too hard. So it's not working. I like them. I like them. It's just that you got to construct a team around him or he's got to change certain things about his game. The game didn't change. You need your you need your guard to be able to hit some jumpers. He's not hitting any of them on a regular, on a regular, on a regular. He's not hitting them jumpers. So what you gonna do? You gonna keep letting him shoot them? Ideally, yeah, that's something you would do for a Jordan or a Kobe because those guys are gonna keep shooting. But just because Russ is moving like Jordan and Kobe, talking like Jordan and Kobe, don't mean that necessarily you're supposed to just be behind them like you would be behind Jordan and Kobe. You know, so. GMs wise, I'm I'm looking. I'm interested to see what the hell the Lakers do too, and I'm interested to see what team is best is the best team for a Russell Westbrook. I honestly think a Russell Westbrook, you know, better served on a team where mm-hmm. scoring isn't even really the priority per se. Put them on the Spurs. Put them on the Spurs, where it's a team game and it's about defense, so that maybe the culture and his mindset changes, and now it's more so about the culture and not just about the player. You know. I, that's just me personally, not to say I'm right, not to say I'm right or wrong, but he's been on a lot of different teams now. Which one of them have worked? You know, I just don't want him to like jump from team to team and then eventually, you know, he's out like Iverson or- That's how it is, bro. That's how, that's the game, bro. That's I mean, the like, game. He's still a decent player, 18, eight and eight. He just can't play with Bron. That's all I think. What team you, what team you see him on? No, I think he can do some serious. Like I kind of want to see him on the Bucks, but he can't shoot, and nobody on the Bucks can shoot. See now, you're not making a bad point, but if you put him on the Bucks, that's like when they had Eric Bledsoe and they just got rid of Bledsoe. Yeah, so that's literally like Bledsoe, but a little bit more hyper athletic. And you but, know, um, he might jumper. be good on the Clippers too. Before they got John Wall, I think he would have. Before they got John, but let's talk about John. John came back. John's always been. For everybody, offensively, John can give you problems. He came back on some, I don't mind. I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I want to see somebody come off the bench and guard me. Because he's got that attitude, man, bro, it's going to be, man, I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to lie. Just the other day, this is just on some real shit. I looked up season tickets to the Clippers the other day. I didn't get any. I didn't get them because it's just not something I was ready to invest in. But I looked up season Clippers. I, I looked up season tickets to the Clippers before I looked up season tickets for the Lakers. And the reason why I did that is because I feel like they're going to have the show. I feel like they're going to have the show. I feel like Paul George, who I done had a year of just being able to get healthy, they're going to be ready. They're going to be healthy from jump. And then you got somebody like John Wall coming off the bench. He's going to probably give you 15, 5, 15, 6, 15, 7. And he's going to be balling. Ain't no, ain't no two guard going to really be able to guard him coming off the bench. Ain't no six man going to be able to guard him coming off the bench. Not really. Plus, I done seen some clips of John Baller right now. And he looked like he's shooting. He looked like he's ready. He looked like he's hungry. Excellent. I don't know, bro. And I, I think Clippers, I think they might be one of the 
top teams in the West besides the Warriors. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the Warriors. I think the Clippers might come out. But they're still the Clippers, so I can't really. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but the Raptors was the Raptors before Kawhi came over there. And then they all of a sudden became NBA champion Raptors. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm just never gonna doubt Kawhi no more. Unless I see him limping, I'm not down with Kawhi no more, ever. Quiet the Ever. Like, Quiet. Like, if he can bring a championship to the Clippers, I mean, like, I might have to put him above Bron. Bro, he's gonna shake. I understand, and I can't even fault you on that. He's gonna shake LA up. If, if, if the Clippers win a championship, he's gonna shake LA up in a way that it wasn't ready to be shipped. That's gonna be the biggest earthquake in LA. Clippers win a championship, that's gonna be the biggest earthquake in LA ever. Trust me. If the Clippers win win a title, the Lakers gonna get every free agent they could possibly get. Yeah, I can see it. They're gonna go and they're gonna move into overdrive. They're gonna go into overdrive at that stage. Yeah, they might even trade AD, which I think they should have did a long time ago. That's just me. GM me, GM me. I might make that move. First, like, I gotta have a couple meetings with Cuff. I got me and AD gotta sit down. Have dinner like three times. I need. I need. I need one to three dinners with AD. See where his mind at. See where his head is at. So I could really get an idea of what to expect for this season. You know. I know you can't really. You know. You can't. You can't assume when somebody's gonna get hurt, but you can find out about their work ethic way before that, though. So I'd want to know. I need to know. Like I need to talk to AD's trainer. Me and AD trainer need to be on the line regularly. Like if I'm the GM, I need to talk to AD, AD trainer once a week. What do you do this week? How you looking? You get any clips? Send me that shit. I need to see that. You're not showing up in camp looking weaker. You're not showing up. Like, I ain't on that fuck shit, man. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to win. That's what we're doing. That's what everybody needs to be doing. So it's just one of them things where the Lakers won that one during the pub, during the bubble. But, like, what, what are we doing now? What are we doing now? Are, is everybody trying to get better? Is anybody trying to get better besides Braun? Probably not. Because, like, AD, like, you don't never see him do, like, no extreme – like workouts in, in the off season, he's, he's always moving in slow motion. And you don't see him come back the next season with any new parts of his game. I feel like what I'm seeing from AD right now, just on some real shit, I was seeing from AD when he was at Kentucky on some real shit. I feel like exactly what I'm seeing from him right now. I started seeing that in Kentucky, just real talk. Like, but, but, but look at LeBron, he's shooting threes in a different way. Now he stepped back shooting threes. All of a sudden, Kobe came into the league. Now nah, Kobe got this fadeaway looking like Michael's fadeaway. Michael came into the league, and he goes shooting threes against Portland. Here Mike go with these fadeaways, and oh, my game done changed. And it's like you, you can kind of, you can kind of tell when somebody's adding pieces to the game and helping you win games and helping the team win. AD be balling. That's what he be doing. He be balling. But when, where, when, and how he's improving. That remains to be seen, just from me. You know, like, I think I would entertain a AD for KD trade straight up. Yeah, I just don't know how KD feels about working with LeBron. Because these guys, like, you know, it's like Jordan didn't link with Clyde. Jordan didn't link with Charles. Like, these guys really did have to stand on their own. They did at some point. Like, even though these guys bounce around, getting with each other is where it's different. Like, LeBron getting with Dwayne, that was different. Like Dwayne is, Dwayne was different. Dwayne was a different kind of dude. So Dwayne was able to make that work. Chris Bosh, different kind of dude. He's able to make that work. And those guys didn't come with those high, 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 you know, achieving egos. Those guys were the hardworking guys who were still slept on, both of them. You know what I'm saying? Low key, kind of like Dame Lillard. I'd rather see that. I'd rather see Dame. Yeah, bro. I'd rather see Dame and Braun because Braun need a shooter who can bring the ball up. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he needs somebody down low, but let's be real. The Warriors just want to chip. Who's down low? Draymond and Kawhi and, and, and Kavon Looney. Neither one of them are hyper-athletic. Both of them are just people that are just down there ready to go, to go get it. I honestly was mad when they got rid of um, Trez. He should be back though, because um he just got cleared up from his legal problems. So a team should be picking him up soon. Bro, he should have stayed on the Lakers. Let me be the GM, bro. Give me one year. I promise they win a chip. I put that on everything. I put that on everything. Yeah, I like Trevor too, man. Like he's a double double guy, you know, 15. double double guy. 
energy. He's not gonna get out of his. He's not gonna get out of his lane. He's gonna do that dirty work, the dirty work that AD don't really want to do. I'm not mad at AD. I love watching AD, but at the same time, I don't. At the same time, I don't because I don't know what to expect from Cut. I'd be really, I'd be so upset if I was spending my money on Lakers and then AD was sitting out. I'll be so money. I'll be so so upset. Like if AD moved to the five, I think he'll be the best player in the league. But you don't want that. And you know, not- I, don't, I don't think he wants to play against. I don't think he wants to play against Giannis. I don't think he wants to play against Joel. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants to be able to come out and and it's dope that he plays the way that he plays too because he's able to stretch the defense because he's able to get out there and get some jumpers. But at the same time, you're the tallest one. You're the biggest one. So, yeah, things are still getting crowded a little bit because. Yeah, he's almost like the opposite of, of of Ben Simmons. I almost feel like AD and Ben Simmons need to be working together. So maybe you're right. Maybe AD going to the Nets and KD coming to the Lakers would have been great for the Nets because Ben Simmons and AD just would have flip-flopped and they just would have been AD up at the top. Ben Simmons running down low and Ben Simmons running in the post. Ben Simmons don't seem to mind the post. He loves the post. That's where he wants to shoot at the most. When he wants to shoot. <laughs> when he wants to shoot, yeah. But but if he's down low, if he's down low, he'll shoot just as much, just as you know, just as many times as Harden will shoot from three, really. If you if you get him down low, he's good down there, you know? Like, he's comfortable down there. But you know, hard, I, it's a hard conversation to have when you got these deals in place like that. I was covering a Knicks game one time, and, you know, Ben Simmons, like, he was still looking for his first three-pointer in the league, and this was, like, a couple of seasons. And I'm like, I bet you, he, I bet you he'll hit his first three-pointer against the Knicks. And lo and behold, look what happened. <laughs> Was it at the Garden? Nah, it was in Philly. Okay. It was, it a was at the Garden. That just would have been so perfect because <laughs> everybody be going for their biggest games at the Garden. So I'm like, but I don't think Ben Simmons is built for New York. So like, if you think Philly tore him nah. up, New York is nah. not really going to tear him up. I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, he needs to go to a place like Orlando or Utah. Mm. Like, oh, that'll be good too. You're talking from a city standpoint. You're not talking. Are you talking from a player standpoint or from a city standpoint? Kind of both. But Ben Simmons in Memphis, from a player and city standpoint, I think that would be a good fit for him. If he plays, it probably will work because he ain't even really got a. Yeah, he can kind of play like a four. Yeah, yeah. If he plays the dream, play that Jaron Jackson role, low key. I think that's that'll be probably the best spot for him. I can kind of see that. Because I can kind of see that. Because like he don't have to worry about scoring. He just have to worry about you know just controlling the pace of the game. I need him on the team with shooters. Ultimately, he got to be on the team with shooters. He needs to be on the team with shooters. He might be good on the Bucks. Benson. He might be really. He might be good on the Bucks. Hey, he might be of, good on the Bucks because he can dish it out to um, Lopez. He can dish it out to um, I forget the two, two three guard name over there. Um, on the Bucks, uh, yeah, he got hurt in the playoffs last season. Um, oh, crazy eyes. <laughs> he got crazy eyes. I didn't know that. Um, um, shooter, 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 shooter. Um, but yeah, he could, there's some shooters over there in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee has a lot of good movement in their offense. I can kind of see him over there right now, you know. Plus, he's not gonna be over there to be the to be the leader. He would be Giannis's team, and everybody would know it. So, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that right now, honestly. You know. You know, I'm kind of. I just would love to get LeBron a guard who can shoot who can shoot the ball. I want to get him. I want to get LeBron Seth Curry. I want him to have Seth Curry, so a guard who's not trying to make the offense about them, but can at points and can score. And then I want to get him a designated three-point shooter. Designated. That is what, this is what I do. Three-point shooter. Hey, you guys can have Julius Randle if you want. Yeah, I would take Julius. I'll take Julius, put him at the four. For free. Oh, yeah. For free. <laughs> yeah, Julius can come over there and get us 15 and 5, 15, 15 and 10 right now. I think I, I, I can see that. I can definitely see it. Yeah, just just give us some some picks and 
Yeah, let me GM this thing. Trust me. I'm about to play some 2K after this and play around. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. So, all right. So, before we go, you know, I like to play a game. It's called Start Bench Cut. I'll just, I'll uh, get, I'll name you, I'll name three things and you tell me if you're going to start it, bench it, or if you're going to cut it. All right. <laughs> all right. So, um, the first one is Miami Rappers. We have um, Rick Ross, Trick Daddy, and the City Girls. Damn, bro. What the fuck? Fuck. <clears throat> okay. All right. I low-key feel like I need to see numbers to make this statement, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start the City Girls because I'm on the show that represents them. Mm-hmm. Plus, I understand they life a lot more than I understand Trick Daddy and Rick Ross life because to be real, I get that scammer life. So I'm going to start the City Girls. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bench Rick Ross because I know I, I grew up I grew up more I grew up on Trick and Rick to be honest with you. Fuck. I'm going to bench I'm going to bench Rick Ross and I'm going to cut Trick. Here's why. Trick is the side of me that I need to not access sometimes. That's the side of me that if I get to my T double if I get there, it's trouble. If I'm on my Rick Ross shit, he be on his black excellence shit. You know what I'm saying? So let me have him come off the bench. He's my sixth man. He's the guy that I bring to the parties. But the city girl is a reason that I got invited to the party. So that's what I'm gonna have to do. That's how that gotta go. Yeah, man, don't mess up that check. Trust me, trust me. HBO, y'all heard that? <laughs> All right, so the next one we got, um. Miami strip clubs. We got Gold Rush, Tootsie's, and um, G5. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to start Tootsie's. G5's on the bench. Gold Rush. Cut them. All right. And then the last one is um, NBA guys. All right. We got your guy, LeBron, Giannis, or the Joker. All right, cool. The Joker's so nice, but I'm cutting him because he's just not my flavor. But I love him. I love him. He's fire, but he's not my favorite. So I'm I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start LeBron, and I'm gonna bench Giannis. Um, Giannis still got a lot to learn, um, and uh, LeBron is literally like he's in the thick of it. All right, the man could say he's retiring tomorrow, and can say he's coming back tomorrow, and both answers would be understandable. He's literally in the thick of it. So I feel like LeBron is the person who wants the shit the most right now, needs the shit the most right now. I'm starting him. I've got Giannis coming in off the bench, and I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna cut the Joker. I'll let somebody else pick him up. He ain't been able to make the needle move in the playoffs for me. So I love what he's doing in the regular season, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going beyond that with Joker. You know the Nuggets might win it all this year. They got a pretty nice roster coming back. The Nuggets got a great GM, but. That team is lacking something, leadership or coaching. It's something. That team, their team is always stacked. Stacked. The Nuggets team has been stacked like the last three years. If it's not injuries at the end of the season, I think that's what's been messing them up, injuries. But that team has stayed stacked. So if they stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if come the end of the year, two of them dudes are injured. Because that's what literally has been going down with the Nuggets for literally like the past four years. Man, I hope not, cause like this is their best time to like, to win it all. I don't know. I don't know about that, bro. Ah, the Warriors, bro. Like, let's be real, bro. Like, we didn't bring them up this whole co- this whole podcast, but let's be real, bro. They're doing something beyond special over there. The fact that they still got the people that they drafted, whereas literally every company, every organization, beyond some, we can't afford you. Sorry, we got to start over. Even the Bulls, even the Bulls moved on and let go of Jordan and Pippen. And even the Bulls was doing Pippen wrong, financially speaking. Like, let's be real, man. What, what Golden State is doing is just beyond special. It's, or other organizations, they're not even close. They're not even, they're not even close to what those guys are doing right now. So I don't know. The Nuggets look like a great team, but didn't the Nuggets play the, the Warriors in the playoffs last season and lose, like, in five? Yeah, I have the Western Conference Finals this, for this season. I have Golden State. In Denver. I'm mad at it. Yeah, because I just don't trust the Clippers. I'm going to say Clippers. I'll say Clippers. 
I'll say the Clippers. I'll do it. I'll be the one to do it. This well, is Kawhi's rest year. They're going to have that rest. This is the year I say he, they, they, Clippers coming in number one or number two. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Maybe. So on that note, um, I want to thank you for joining me today. Um, I really enjoyed this, this dope conversation. We, Likewise, bro. We spoke about strip clubs, you know, wings, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hoops, sneakers, rap shit. Um, do you have any other projects that you're working on? Oh, shit. Do I? Um, How I Met Your Father season two is dropping. Uh, I don't know when it's dropping, but you know what I'm saying? Um, that I'll shout, I'll shout. My bad, my phone just did a quick thing. So How I Met Your Father season two, I'm not sure when it's dropping, but I'm gonna shout that out. And um, I got some stuff happening, bro. I just, um, that stuff, I guess, is embargoed too. I got, I kind of can't even talk about it, but it's some stuff happening. You know what I'm saying? Anybody listening to this who, who, who wants to stay tuned with it, um, Instagram, I'm at Daniel Augustine. That's A U G U S T I N. Um, and I'll talk about it all on there as it all continues to unfold. I did just have a series that I filmed, um, it was out in Tribeca. Um, that was a huge accomplishment. Um, and so that's my own personal filming stuff aside from the acting. Um, so it's a lot of stuff that's being built, you know, in the background and um, in due time, in due time. All right, bro. Um, thanks again for, for your time, man. I really do appreciate Likewise. it. All right, bro. Take Likewise. care. Likewise, man. You too, brother. Thank you for having me. Peace. Peace, man.